Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Doing well, Sean. How are you? Doing well. Uh, Derek, it's that time of year where basketball, football, I know we've been talking a lot about this for the last couple of weeks. It's starting to overlap. Uh, we got the preseason AP poll yesterday for Kentucky basketball, who is standing at 10th in the poll uh, the highest-ranked team from the SEC in the AP rankings, and that was reflected today by the media poll that came out, voted on by SEC media, national media. Kentucky's once again tabbed to win the SEC ahead of Alabama at two and Arkansas at three. Yeah, I mean, I think every team lost a little bit from last year. Every team with the transfer portal and recruiting went out and, and, and got some more good players. Um, I can't really knock the selection. I think Kentucky's a safe pick. You know, they've won the SEC a lot, obviously, over the course of time. They've won it several times under John Calipari. Um, you know, interesting, though, a little bit to me, Sean, though, that, you know, Kentucky was not picked to win last year, coming after off a pretty good year, had a good recruiting class, brought in some good transfers. They gave the nod to Tennessee last season. But this year, coming off a tough season, UK went out, one, they have a core of returning players, but two, added some some veterans via the transfer portal, some good players, and then uh, brought in a couple of five stars as well. Uh, I I see no problem picking Kentucky to to be the team to beat this year. I, I agree well, with it. I do want to say real quick though, when you talk about the AP poll, there is some depth in terms of the teams that are ranked in the preseason. Uh, I think you had what five SEC teams and several others who was getting votes. You a little surprised that the highest ranked team is just tenth. Yeah, I am, honestly, considering that I think Alabama's right there. I think Arkansas is going to be right there as well. You know what Tennessee's been. Uh, I'm a little surprised that that the highest team is 10th. I know and we're going to talk about that Duke-Kentucky matchup. That's now a top-10 matchup mm-hmm. and stuff and, and going into the Champions Classic here just three weeks away from today. It's hard to believe that that it's already here. I mean, we're, we're going to be shifting a lot of talk here to back and forth between football and basketball. We've been heavy football now for about two months, and now it's about to kind of get get, get mixed up. And, and this week is going to be the perfect reflection of that, Derek, where we're going to bounce back and forth between football and basketball episodes. It will be. We'll have some uh, – well, we'll answer your mailbag questions tomorrow. We wanted to get this up because we were debating on doing an episode yesterday just on the AP poll coming out. But now that the SEC predicted order finishes out, um wanted to discuss it I mean I think this is a deep league I mean I think honestly I think any of those top four teams Sean could win the league Kentucky Alabama Arkansas Tennessee and I think Auburn Auburn I want to see a little bit more of because they they went pretty transfer 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 portal heavy but they also had you know Jabari Smith um top I think once you took out some of the guys who went pro I think he was a top five player in this class and I mean Pearl up until last year you know, they had a losing record last season, but the two years prior to that, the Final Four, then they went 25-6, and six, would have been in the tournament once again. Um, I wouldn't write them off. I think LSU's got a, a talented roster. I mean, really, if I had any team that I think maybe is being not necessarily slept on, I, I think Mississippi State's better than the eighth-best team in this league, though. Uh, I don't know where I would put them, but if Mississippi State is the eighth-best team in this league, then I think you could see eight teams make the tournament. I, I think they're that good. I think they're – they should certainly have the expectations that they're going to be in the well, tournament team this year. That's a sneaky good game at Rupp Arena. When you look at a home slate that's not very good, 
that's what's one of the better games that I think Kentucky fans are going to uh, get up for when the season comes around. But I agree with you on the top four teams there winning the league. And then you want to watch Auburn. You know, how, how talented we expect Auburn to be there. I mean, we know what Bruce Pearl's done. They're going to be there as well. Uh, the bottom half, really no surprises to me. They're at the bottom. I, I'm looking at maybe just one of these teams that I think could maybe climb a little bit higher, and I think Mississippi State would be my pick. I think that you could actually see them push for that top five, top six, and, and outperform where they are in the preseason. I agree with Georgia being at the bottom. Uh, they just lost so much. And, and, and when we're talking about what they lost, they lost a preseason first-team all-selection, Xavier Wheeler, and that, that on Kentucky there. And Derek, he's the only first-team all-selection for the Cats. And I actually think that the SEC media got it right. You know how big of a fan I've been of Wheeler's game. I'm even I'm an even bigger fan of his because he's going to be playing at Kentucky just because of the talent that's going to be around him. When you look at this all-SEC list and you have Wheeler on the first team, second team is just Kellen Grady, Oscar Sheboy, Keon Brooks, I mean, you're so many transfers across this thing when you look at the SEC uh, selections for the, the all SEC teams. But I, I think that they got it right with Wheeler on the first team because, Derek, I just think that his production, his assist, I think he's going to lead the league in assist again. And I just think that that's why you see fewer freshmen on this list is because there's so many transfers that have transferred into the league that you know what they've been for the last two, three, four years. Yeah, I think Wheeler's definitely getting uh, credit there for what he did at Georgia last season. Obviously, the people voting on this covered Wheeler last year with him playing at Georgia. You put him in, uh, excuse me, put him in UK's offense. I think you expect that with better talent around him, his numbers will, you know, maybe he won't score 14 a game. I think that's what he had last year, but the assist numbers should be very good again. Um, I like having him as Kentucky's point guard this year. I know there was some debate. Should UK have held out, waited on a guy like Marcus Carr or something like that? But uh, I think Wheeler being available, knowing that he's performed in this league, was was a smart decision by UK. Um, not sure what it says about Vanderbilt that they have the perceived best player in the league coming into the year, <laughs> at least the best returning player, and Scottie Pippen Jr. and still being 13th. I'm a little surprised. I mean, honestly, somewhat like props to Pippen for wanting to stick it out down there. But he would have had his choice of anywhere in the country had he gone on the transfer portal. And uh, I actually saw a quote from him not too long ago that, you know, he wouldn't have gone back to Vanderbilt if he didn't think that they were going to be much improved. But mm, I don't know if I really see it, Sean. I don't see it. No, I, I don't either. But great player. Uh, I think it's the right choice for preseason player of the year. But it is interesting to see that they're still picked to finish 13th in the league and they have the preseason SEC player of the year. But, I mean, this, this all is going to play out over the next few months. And when we talk about Xavier Wheeler, Derek, and you mentioned a minute ago, obviously this is what he did last year. They got him this pre, you know, all SEC selection. I just think that fans have slept on him quite a bit. And I get it. They look at the turnovers. He's a smaller guard, come from Georgia. I mean, wasn't a high-profile name, honestly. If you if you didn't watch a lot of Georgia basketball, you probably didn't really know much about Xavier Wheeler. But when you dive inside of what he can do and you, and you look at his numbers and it's going to be more efficient at a place like Kentucky because here's the here's the deal, Derek. There's no other option but to be more efficient. If you're not efficient, you're not going to play on a roster that has a lot of guys and a lot of options. But what do you think about this? Davion Mintz was arguably Kentucky's best player a year ago, and he's not on the all-SEC selections teams. I take that as a positive more than a negative because then that means that the media views Kentucky differently 
this year. Their best player, we knew that Davion Mintz was supposed to, to be like sixth, seventh, eighth man on last year's roster had it all worked out. If that is what he is this year, Kentucky's going to be really freaking good. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good point. I mean, um, you do see a little difference, and I know it's different sports, but my recollection of the SEC football voting for preseason, I mean, they were very – they didn't really initiate transfers into the league. I mean, Wondell Robinson, I think, was, was deserving uh, of being somewhere on those preseason SEC lists. He didn't make it anywhere, but then you look at basketball – and I don't know if it's because it's a more high-profile school like UK, but you get Kellen Grady and Oscar Shibway, right? I think both yeah. um, on there. And, of course, Shibway was an all-Big 12, came into last year as an all-Big 12 selection. Grady has had a great career. A lot of people think he'll, you know, potentially be UK's leading scorer. So I understand them being on there, but I did find that somewhat interesting that kind of the differences in voting. Um, then again, in general, league media pays more attention to, to football than basketball. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely think Wheeler, I'll say this, and this is not a knock on Wheeler. I'm not sure he's going to end the season. Like, I think UK's going to have a few guys who end up being first team all SEC. I don't know that's going to be him, if that makes sense. Like, I could totally see Keon, who's second team right now, getting the bump up, Grady potentially. Um, but then even a guy like Ty Ty Washington, who's not, you know, he's not on here, who, who could certainly end up being on that list the one reason why i think Xavier will end the year on the first team is because i think he's going to be on the all defensive team as well i think he's going to do enough defensively and i think he's going to lead the league in assist again but if you're asking me to a, a guy who i think could emerge and be a player of the year candidate i'd go keon brooks just because i think he's going to do multiple things across the stat sheet that i said on last week's episodes that i think keon could push for player of the year if he finally hits that stride that everybody thinks he could. Year three at Kentucky, hasn't even played in an NCAA tournament yet, Derek. You, you know that, that, I mean, that's very rare for a player to say, hey, I've been at Kentucky two years and not even been in an NCAA tournament. Obviously, COVID canceled the one that he would have been in. But you know he's hungry and and eager to get out there, be healthy for a full season and show what he can do. I, I just think that there's so many intriguing pieces and intriguing storylines around this Kentucky basketball season, but as many intriguing stories as as there are, I think there's as many unknown stories about this roster that we just have no idea how it's kind of going to shape out. What does Oscar Sheblade turn into? You know, what does Kellen Grady do? Uh, all I know is that it's going to be better than what it was last year. I just don't see it even being remotely close to how to how bad they were last year. I think that they've got the pieces, the league, and the media, obviously. And I don't think that this is a lazy thing. I'm seeing some stuff from Tennessee – about being fourth and, and some stuff on Twitter and reaction. I, I don't think it's a lazy thing to put Kentucky as the the favorite to win the SEC. I mean, when you've done it so many times, Cal's brought in all these proven guys. I think it's the – honestly, I, I don't think it's lazy. I think it's the easy pick. I do have one problem with how the SEC chooses to do the preseason first team, and I can see both sides. On one hand, you should – I guess you could look at it and say it doesn't matter who the six players are. Just the six best overall deserve to be first team. But you look at this list, and, Sean, I count – I think five of the six guys are guards. Um, let me double-check on Molinar. Instead of yeah, going by positions. He's a guard. Yeah, so, I mean, you got one big. Colin Castleton's the only big on the first team. I, you know, I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you, do you well, like it that way, or do you prefer that they actually do it position by position? 
I like to do it by position because then I think it's a real reflection of team. I think you, then you would right. know right, who's the best guard, who's the best forward. I mean, what, the way SEC football does it. I mean, there's so many selections at each, each spot, and you could do multiple selections. You could go two guards or two-point guards, two two-guards, uh, two fours. I mean, you could go across that. But uh, instead, I mean, it's a, it's a guard-heavy thing. And, I mean, you're right with the number of cards that are in that all SEC selection, I would like to see that change. I, I agree with that. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, second team, you know, you get Brooks, Grady, Sheboy, Devontae Davis, who's a guard, Darius Days is a forward, Jabari Smith. So you see a much more <laughs> – it's what, Brooks is a forward, Sheboy, Days, and Smith are all bigs. So, you know, the second team is a little bit more heavy that way where there's only, you know, Grady and uh, Davis are the only two guards on the second team. So – uh but what you're talking about, I mean, Tennessee, um, I'm guessing Alabama and Arkansas got the nod because they finished. Uh, I don't know if Arkansas – did Arkansas finish higher than Tennessee in the league last year? I know they uh, definitely made it further in the tournament. They, Both those teams did. They did. I'm pretty sure they did. Didn't they? Nah, they had, go ahead. What was what was the standings last year? I know Alabama won it, but I don't they know. They did. Who won Alabama the regular season and the SEC tournament. Both. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that's what I'm saying, though, doesn't necessarily hold a ton of weight because Ar- Kentucky didn't even make the tournament. And Arkansas, in finished, Arkansas finished 13-4, and four, good enough for second in the league. LSU was third, and Tennessee was fourth. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So I would guess, um, you know, I, I just did a preview this morning of the teams ranked in the top 25 on UK schedule in Tennessee. I mean... You know, I think I think they're going to be pretty good. I do, but um, you know, I would say people are looking at them losing Springer, and they're losing uh, Keon Johnson. But let's be honest, man they uh, they were a trendy preseason Final Four pick last year, and they didn't really have that good of a season. So I don't know if they're getting knocked for that this year. Um, and again, I say that uh, I think we can agree the reason Kentucky is ranked first is basically based on prestige and that the trust that. Cal's assembled a good team that will likely finish near the top of the standings. Do I think Kentucky's getting the benefit of the doubt here? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm trying to figure out where I would have put UK if it wasn't first. I mean, that's kind of the tricky thing about this. Are you going to put them (laughs) near the bottom because they had a bad year last year? Or are you just going to trust that because Cal brought in a whole new team that he's going to have it figured out? So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. What, What would the reaction have been had Kentucky been picked fourth? You know, you bump everyone up and you, you know, you have Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee top three with UK fourth. Would, would people have a right to be upset? I, I don't know. I mean, because to be honest, we don't really know what to expect yet 
from this team. We, we can assume they're going to be much better, but how much better? You look at Ken Palm, and I know it's just a simulation, basically, but I think they got UK near 10 losses in the regular season. So, you know, here before too long, though, we'll know. We'll have a good idea of how these teams are going to finish. And, and then you can also flip it the other way. Alabama is going to have a pretty good roster. You see that they have two preseason first-team selections, but they lost a lot. I mean, Herbert Jones was an all-around phenomenal player. John Petty had played a ton of college basketball. They lost uh, Burnett for the season with an injury already. Like, are they getting some some credit just for being great last year and people loving Nate Oates? You know, I could totally see Alabama not finishing second this year. Someone someone will underperform in those yeah, rankings like up, yeah. and someone will outperform. And I, I don't really know who those teams are, uh, but it always happens. You always have someone there in the top four or five that you look up and they're finishing ninth or tenth in the league. Last year it was Kentucky. And then you always have one somewhere near the bottom that kind of outshines and, and gets there. I, I, and I think uh, – I mean, I think it's – like I said, I don't think it's really a lazy pick to put Kentucky there because you're, you're going off of history. And I, I think that everyone just assumes that they're going to be there again. And given what Cal's brought in, if it works out, I, they, they probably should be the best team in the league. Uh, but I think that there's some teams there, Derek, that when you get depth in this league, that and it's good depth, the league is getting better. I think you have some programs there that could break into that second weekend in the NCAA tournament again with Arkansas and Alabama and Tennessee. I mean, you've got programs there, Auburn, that have been there in the last few years. And I just think that that's really good for the league. It's good for Kentucky because they're going to play every night they play in the league now. It's a game to watch. It's a game that can boost your resume. You couldn't say that five, six years ago. In this league, I think that's the biggest difference. I would put Kentucky, though, predictions wise. I'm not going to say that they're going to win 26, 27, 28 games. I'm going to say that they go somewhere 24. I'll go 24 and 7, 23 and 8. But let's go 24 and 7. That's what I'm going to go regular season. That sounds about right to me. I mean, and you know, I mean, this year, like you said, you've probably got four teams that realistically could could win the league. I, I do think the bottom half of the league, though, is maybe not half, but, I mean, the, the very bottom is bad. It is. Vanderbilt's bad. Georgia's going to be awful. A&M's going to be awful. Uh, those are all games that UK should have zero trouble winning. Um, and the only reason I'm even saying seven losses because you play Alabama twice, you play Tennessee twice, you, you got Duke. At Arkansas. At Arkansas. I mean, the schedule at Auburn. At I mean, Kansas. The schedule, <laughs> the schedule is brutal. So, that, that's why – and I'm not saying that this – and a 24 and 17, Derek, when you, you have to look at the schedule too. Like a 24 and 17 is good enough to get to a final four. I mean, that uh, doesn't, yeah. And not. so I think that they're going to be a good team by the end of the year. If they go 24 and seven with the schedule, then you're looking at a possible two seed, depending mm-hmm. on the way it's kind of what your resume like. May a three at worst, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, that'll be a top, top four seed. Well, no question. You're in the top 10 throughout the entire year if you're 24 and seven, you're somewhere in that top 10 to 12. You just got to get there. You know, you just, anything can happen. I know last year was weird with COVID, but you saw, what, Oregon State made a Sweet 16, or did they make it all the way to – I don't know. I kind of zoned out last year, and I didn't watch a ton of the They made it all the way year. to Elite Eight, didn't they? I believe. They might have, yeah. They might have. Uh, what a wild year, man. UCLA comes out of nowhere, and they run all the way uh, to the Final Four, and now they're preseason number two or three, depending on what polls you look at. I mean, it's just <laughs> things that you never see coming. It just – uh, there's a lot to to look at this thing, and I mean it's starting pretty soon here, Derek. And we're going to have some some answers. I mean, Kentucky Duke there that night to open the season. One team's getting a very good win, and the other fan base is probably thinking, "Ah, man, 
missed opportunity. Kentucky needs it though. I think for energy around this program coming off of last year more than and Duke more than Duke needs it. Well, potentially their last chance to beat Coach K, right? Assuming yeah. you don't see him again in the NCAA tournament, this will be it. So, if you want to go out with a win over one of the best coaches who ever coached college basketball, this is your chance, and that should be a should be a great atmosphere up there in New York. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's um good build up for sure to that event and then you know for UK too you're gonna play a lot of games after that that will be tune-up games for the most part you won't really see a real opponent again until what Notre Notre Dame maybe something like yeah, that and and Ken Palm has them losing at Notre Dame I believe right if you look at Ken Palm I, the Ken Palm had them losing like three one-point games in the non-conference schedule <laughs> if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, and that'll shift a lot once these teams start getting stats and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you play Duke, and then you don't – you play Robert Morris, Mount St. Mary's, Ohio, Albany, North Florida. Tony Barbie comes to town with Central Michigan and Southern. So, I mean, you don't play a real game until – you're talking about that Duke game is on November 9th. Well, they don't play Notre Dame until December 11th. And then is when it kicks up because you got Notre Dame, Ohio State, Louisville – jump into conference play really the only gimme game you'll have from that point on outside of some of these bottom tier sec teams is when tubby smith comes to town on new year's eve so those tune-up games are necessary no doubt about it they'll stay you're hoping that they'll be on the same page and i actually like where that notre dame is game is placed because you know it's going to be a step up but it's certainly a a game i would say kentucky should win they should it's on the road but yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be a good road atmosphere first time they go to a true uh true you know road environment so that'll be good for sure last time they went up there it wasn't a very good experience either i think it was 2013 nerland's noel's team lost there uh, they played up there a couple times right didn't they lose up there in 2011 too uh 2011 they played them at louisville i believe i was at that game Brandon oh, okay but they did they, they played there right? they played there in the uh nit with jody meeks though and lost if i oh yeah that is right against heron Gody. Back Luke. at uh, Luke Herringody. Man, that's taking me back a long time. But, yeah, SEC uh, media poll is here. Kentucky picked to win the league. Four selections on the all-SEC team. We'll, we'll see how it all plays out, Derek. We're at SEC we're, – we're at Kentucky Basketball Media Day tomorrow. Yeah. And hey, uh, people a lot are, of news coming. People are probably yelling at me because uh, I had that wrong. Brandon Knight's team, they, they won that game in 2010 in Louisville. So, that was my bad. I thought they uh, – I thought they lost that game, so my apologies. I remember Terrence Jones just dunking all over someone on the opposite end for me. Hey, uh, they had quite a lengthy uh, winning streak over Notre Dame up until that NIT game. That's U four six eight. They'd won ten straight against Notre Dame up until that. That was a series there when Tubby was the coach that they'd play home and away. Like they'd come to Rupp, and Kentucky would return the favor and go to Notre Dame. I actually enjoyed uh that series so it's good to see that they're they're playing again this was supposed to be a neutral site this year right and then they moved it yeah and shifted it so it'll be neutral next year uh so that'll, that'll be interesting to see where that yeah, this will be at. the uh 64th meeting so yeah these two teams will play quite a bit yeah so interesting matchup there early i think it's december 11th i believe is the date on that game so uh, should be a fun one for sure should be a fun basketball season we'll get it all started here the next few weeks leading you up to kentucky duke the blue-white game is Friday night, so, Derek, we're going to have plenty of basketball, but we're also going to have plenty of football to talk about as well. So be sure to stay locked hey, in uh, Kentucky Daily. Let me drop a little tease right here for people who stayed long enough and if they care about football recruiting. There's this narrative out there that uh, these networks, whether it be 24-7, Rivals, you know, you name it, that when kids commit to Kentucky in football, they get dropped down or not as highly thought of. 
I'm going to tease it and say that uh, that narrative is taking a hit tomorrow. So stay tuned before our football mailbag episode. We'll update you on that. But I would keep an eye out on 24-7 sports around noon tomorrow because there's some good news coming in terms of some of these commitments and, and targets. No, oh, what a tease. <laughs> Just kidding. No. Uh, no, so we'll uh, we'll have that tomorrow with football mailbag. We'll do a basketball mailbag leading up to the blue-white game. Then we'll have a post-episode there from Kentucky Basketball Media Day as well. So just stay locked into Kentucky Daily as always. It's powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub. We've got three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.